Welcome to Tech Demand Weekly. I'm Charles Commons. This month, we are focusing on the subject of video marketing. Last week, I spoke with producer Adam Penny about making emotional B2B video. So if you haven't heard that yet, make sure you go back and give it some of your time. This week, we're looking at video's place in 2019. Like, is this going to be the year of video again? Because you're right, it's always the thing that people seem to be building up toward. People are always interested in video. You know, they always they always want to see it on their site. They want to be involved with it. They want they want to be able to kind of send it around and um, and say, hey, this is check this out and, and so on. There's all these new elements of video that are coming, the different things you can do um, within within video um, that are always going to distract from the from the main idea that we still need that story. Francis Ma is the Vice President of Content at Brafton, a digital marketing agency located in Boston, Massachusetts. Over 10 years at Brafton, Francis worked his way up from being a writer to having all of the creative teams at the company reporting into him. Francis is the co-host of the Above the Fold podcast with his colleague Jeff Baker, which, as it turns out, was a failed weekly video show for the Brafton website that was repurposed as an audio podcast. To start my conversation with Francis, I return to the latest state of video marketing study. The study shows that a third of all surveyed brands dedicate 5% or less of their resources to video. Yet, according to the MX Group in 2017, companies that take advantage of video marketing increase revenue 49% faster than those that don't. My first question to Francis was surely it's a no-brainer to be implementing video into your marketing strategy. I'm smiling because uh, the true answer is absolutely. Absolutely, it's a no-brainer. The reality is that it, it honestly depends on a couple of things. One, your your audience, um, you know, who's going to, who you want to be engaging with, with any of your, your creative content. But then two, also understanding who you are as a company, being able to understand what you want to say, what your story is, what your, um, what your message is. With the audience, um, funny enough, not every audience wants video. Um, some of them do not want to be engaged with the company that way. You know, they want something faster. They want text. They want just visuals. They don't want to be sitting someplace watching a video. It's weird to say that, you know, because for 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 a long time, even even myself, I'm more engaged with video. I will watch video, and I will I will just I will be there. We'll watch the three or four minute video whenever it happens. Um, but after talking to some clients, after after going through you know years of of, of marketing, um, you start to realize there are certain you know industries or even certain audiences that. They're just not into video. It's great to have on the website, you know. It's great to have video for the sake of it. But when you when they dove into the numbers, they realized um, not everyone was uh, was watching it. Not everyone used video or uh, interacted with video the same way they they, they assumed. See, I, I think that's fascinating, really, in in the the way that people want to see videos or what they want to see. Uh, I'm a bit like you. I will happily sit there and just oh, there's a video. I'll watch that. Lovely. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter what it could be about a pineapple. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll just click, um, and yet there are people out there that that sort of go mm, video. How long's that? Oh, okay. I might watch it later. 
and and they just kind of go they 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 might sort of bookmark it or or do something with it that uh, you know that that they think oh I'll come back and watch that and then of course all they do is they forget about it and they never see it um and, and that's why I I think that part of so we're we're going to be doing an episode at some point about social media video and 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 one of the things that, that comes into the conversation with with Twitter and Facebook is their autoplay feature. So literally, you don't have the choice um, unless you're clever enough to work out that you can turn that feature off in the in your settings. Um, you don't have a choice; it's going to play. Um, and hopefully, in those couple of seconds just before you're about to scroll past, the video will have captured your attention to actually help you watch it all the way through. It's funny you mentioned that because I was I was going to bring that up too. The fact that a lot of um you'll see the autoplay and sometimes that'll, it's almost like a forced engagement kind of thing where the, the video is already playing and then someone is, it's, it's almost like a picture and they have to decide in those, you know, seconds or half a second, am I going to stop and actually press the volume button to kind of actually hear this? Um, because of that, a lot of, um, some of our clients have wanted us to put text, you know, there's uh there, there are subtitles now because it's not, it's, it's even more that, you can't just watch the visuals. You have to actually understand what they're saying. And maybe it's not even just the video, but the video plus the sub, um, the, 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 the titles helps engage that person enough to hit the volume button to actually watch the whole thing. Um, it can have an adverse effect too. The fact that if you put a lot of these videos on and if they only see these types of videos with associated with your brand, if it's the only thing you do, it can have an adverse effect, meaning that they'll like they'll roll their eyes. Oh, right, this video again, or this 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 brand is pushing this type of video again. I'm gonna scroll right past that. Um, you know that that kind of brings in the the idea of that you need some you know variety, complexity, or making sure that your content delivery is a little bit more uh, you know has more variety in it. Um, so that it can it can cut you both ways. But you're right, the audio autoplay feature. Um, is another thing that can try to get people to, to engage more. This might be something that I actually put in a bit later and talk about again, but last week when I was talking to Adam Penny, who's a video produ- producer uh, from London, he was saying that, that brands have to earn the right to um, basically get listener interaction on a longer video. So basically what he was saying was that you have to sort of put out shorter videos start to start off with to build an audience um for your videos before you then release say a 10 minute video um or or, i don't know five minute video something that is longer in length you've then actually gained earned the right to receive that uh, attention and for the audience to listen to or watch the whole thing um but at the same time as you've just sort of said there if you're just pumping out the same thing over and over again i mean okay it's a different, got different, uh, a message, different message in it, but it's essentially the same video that you're just repurposing time and time again. Um, then people are going to get bored with you, and you're going to lose the right for people to actually watch your video content if all you're doing is just sending out the essentially the same video every time that might be, you know, have a different message attached to it. It's it's true, and I I, I absolutely agree with. Um building that audience and making sure that, you know, you start small and build up to the five minute, 10 minute, whatever, whatever amount it might be. Um, and you can see it even happening in the, in you know, quote unquote, the real world where um, with, uh, with, with movies, you know, um, there's a reason why there are teaser trailers and trailers and announcements of the new, of the new trailer. 
people are built up to 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 want to watch the two and a half or three hour three hour film. Um, they can't just launch it without. Now, part of that is you know marketing in general, just to get people to aware of it exists. But if we just looked at the video element of it, you have to do those smaller snippets. You need all the other things around it to build up to the bigger thing. It's the same kind of idea here. You can't just release a 10 minute video on your, on your LinkedIn, you know, God help you if you you release a 10 minute video on LinkedIn, but you can't just do that. You need to build up to that. Building up an audience is absolutely, is very key to not just video marketing, but but marketing in general, and it definitely works really well, doesn't it? With the, I mean, you you think about how keenly anticipated um, the next Avengers film is, and and the way that the the uproar came with with the with the trailer on the announcement of the first teaser trailer, it was like, you know, it, you know, it, in a way, it had the same kind of hysteria as when the film actually opens in the cinema. We'll have. Hey, Miss Potts. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. It's crazy to think that that actually is so appealing to the audience, but it's it's kind of, you know, they've already got the audience there for the film, haven't they? And this is just like, here you go then, have a, have a little taste of what's to come in four or exactly. five months' time. Um, but, but on the other side of it as well, we're talking about, you know, the, that, that sort of releasing the same type of video over and over again. And yet there's 10 Fast and the Furious films out there. Dude, I almost had you. I, I will say this because I, I am, I am sadly a fan. I'm sadly a fan. Um, and I, I will admit that when I watched the first three, I can't believe we're talking about this, but I love it. I watched the first three, and um, they're they're pretty bad. Like the first one's great, and then it kind of you know dips in quality. Um, the fourth one, I will say, you know, they added a new director. They had this whole idea that it wasn't just about car racing anymore. It was more about, you know, there was a purpose. They had to steal something. They had to break someone out of a you know a prison or whatever. <clears throat> and um, and they did add more characters, and and one of them was Rock was the Rock. Uh, um, and uh, Dwayne Johnson, and basically, it's it's his attitude, it's his personality that's kind of launched the rest of the films. He's all, all often referred to himself as like a, a franchise steroid or something like that, where he's he he shows up and suddenly it it gains another life. Um, I I hate to admit that I enjoy him, I do, um, but I will say just just bring it, trying to bring it back to marketing. Um, the, the rock, <laughs> the rock is enough variety or the rock is that different element, I guess. So it's not, it's, it's not the same thing over and over again. Suddenly there's this new thing that's showing up and, um, that's enough for people to say, oh, this isn't what is going on here. You guys have completely rebranded this whole movie franchise and messed with the timeline and so on. But, um, these are now ridiculous movies and I want to see what other, what other thing they're going to do. 
bring the cavalry? Woman, I am the cavalry. Of course you are. So at the turn of every single year, it seems, prediction blogs appear across the content marketing websites and video is always at the top of the list. And it feels like we've been told that video will go really big for the last five years at least. So my question is, when will that actually happen? Or, or has it happened already? It's, I, again, I'm smiling because I, 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 I share this, so, this same sentiment. I, I actually said this even um, uh, last year about like, is this going to be the year of video again? Because you're right. It's always the thing that people seem to be building up toward. Um, the truth is, I think I think video is is such an engaging medium, and it is you know so fascinating. And there's different ways to even experience video when you when you factor in you know VR and AR and and so on. Um, the problem, the biggest problem with video is that regardless of all the technology and regardless of all the gear, the new gear, all the all the new things that can happen, how we can shoot and how we can edit, um, it still relies on that story on some anchoring sort of statement or, or idea that drives the whole video forward or, or, the, or the, the, the multiple videos forward. Um, without that, you know, the, the video's day won't truly hit the horizon. It won't, it won't show up regardless of all the tech and everything. What I'm saying is you need better creative. You need better ideas. You need someone to be able to figure out with all this tech and with all this gear and all these people, what are we going to try to say? And some people do this really well, and you can see it. You see these these B two B or B two C videos that are there's a story behind it. It's it's dramatic or it's funny or it's or it's or it's sad, um, but you're getting emotion right out of it. Um, if you're just shooting a video with all that with all that tech and gear for the sake of shooting a video, it's not going to land well. It's going to be a great you know, it, it'll be a great sort of it'll, it'll look nice, but there's nothing behind it anymore. You know, there's nothing that kind of relates back to the brand. And the other elements of this is more often than not the audience these days, the people who are watching these videos or the people who these videos are meant to engage are smarter. You know, they're going to see a video and be like, Oh, that has nothing to do with them. Why did I just watch this four or five minute video of whatever I am? I'm going to move on. And more, more importantly, now I'm going to blast this brand on Twitter for wasting my time for five minutes. Um, which brings me to my last point. Um, there's so much fear, I think, wrapped up into this because um, with a lot of creative things, you kind of stuff you want to put stuff out there and see what happens. We don't live in a world where you can do that and and not fear repercussions. You know, you're 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 two tweets or one video away from a from a public apology um, that you have to make. Um, and and honestly, sometimes it's valid, you know, because of what you put out and you were misguided, but. Because of that, I think a lot of people do fear putting something out there that might cause some waves or might try to do something different. So what for you are the key differences then, Francis, between videos for B2B market and the B2C market? When you're talking about B2B versus B2C, um, tone is the first thing that comes to mind. Tone and, and honestly length. Um, with, um, with, with B2C, um, a lot more freedom. You know, uh, you can be serious. You can be, you can be funny. More often than not, you're funny. Um, but even lengthwise, um, in, you know, historically speaking, it can be longer. You know, people will put up with, with, with funny or slapstick um, for, for for much longer than if it's a you know a traditional B two B video where you're trying to sell 
a service or a product, something that's going to make, you know, your professional life better. Um, which leads me to the the other difference with tone with B2B videos. It's, it can be more about, you know, uh, the value, the value of, of who this brand is, what they're offering, how they're going to make your life better, you know? And when you start a conversation in those terms, it's not about, um, entertaining or, um, even informing. It's basically, how are you going to help me save money or make money and tell me as fast as possible? Um, that, that can be the massive differences between the two. Now, I, I will say I have noticed the blend. You know, you don't have, I mean, that's what I mentioned before is a very strict, like almost historical sort of understanding of B2B, of B2C and, and, and B2B uh, videos. Um, you do see examples of B2B videos and even B2C kind of blending a little bit more together. And it's more to B2B kind of taking more from the B2C um, and kind of utilizing that you know, for their own brand image, for how they, how they want to engage their audience. Likely because more often than not, even in the general news, the B2C, um, the B2C videos take on more, um, more engagement or they're more, uh, they're more interesting and they even get press about them. You know, the, uh, uh, someone will just say, Hey, did you see that video? It's on YouTube. It's got, you know, a million views in a day. Um, Dollar Shave Club is a great example. When that, when that video was launched, um, it, it went beyond, you know, oh, this is a great marketing tool. It was suddenly a news story where it was something so interesting and unique that people wanted to watch it just to see how funny it was. Um, I, I think B2B um, video marketers saw that. I think brands saw that and started realizing if we incorporate some of that into our own sort of like, you know, into our video, maybe this could work. Maybe we could gain, gain more people. We could get more prospects. We can get more attention, which could be helpful. Um, ultimately though, and this kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning, it kind of goes back to who you are as a brand, because if you don't know who you are as a brand, or you don't have an idea of your tone or voice, um, from the, from, from the beginning, being able to do, you know, um, change your tone or even tweak it a little bit can be problematic. The Gillette ad is a perfect example of that. You know, people had a certain thing in their mind of who Gillette was. Suddenly Gillette's trying to change that and it's rubbing some people the wrong way. Um, I think it, it still remains to be seen how well they do. You know, do they go all in on that? Do they kind of sh shift their image? Or was it just a blip? You know, this is one thing they try and they're going to move on and just do the regular stuff for the next 10 years. I don't know. But that's that's the other thing that people always have to, or companies always have to kind of consider who who are they and and how how are they going to, how are they going to come across to their audience we'll take a short break now but when we come back francis will take a look back at how 2018 fared for video and give his thoughts on what will happen in 2019 and beyond tech demand is a b2b platform who specialize in connecting organizations with their customers Tech Demand create unique and engaging specialist content which is evergreen for generating campaign success. Visit the website tech-demand.com to discover how Tech Demand can help you. Welcome back to Tech Demand Weekly. This week I'm chatting to Brafton's VP of Content, Francis Ma. Two episodes ago, I spoke to Andy Crestadina about his three types of marketing videos. Social media, content videos and conversion videos. I asked Francis how he breaks down the different types of video offerings, seeing as one size definitely doesn't fit all. 
Let me first say Andy is much smarter than I am. So um, I'm just going to pretty much say what Andy said obviously is is absolutely right. There's no way I'm going to be able to combat that answer or even add to it. Um, just want to put that out there. Andy, you were great if you're listening and so on. Um, but in terms of how, um, how, how I see the different types of video, um, I, I see them kind of as, a, as, as two. Um, there, there's your explainer videos, um, meaning that you're trying to present you know, a product or a service and explain the, uh, the intricacies of it, what, how, it, how it works, and so on. Um, and then you have the trust-building ones, the ones that, um, and in many ways, maybe going back to what, what you were talking about with that video about the, <laughs> about the, the company and the, and the band, um, it, and it, it's not, because you, you said it's nothing about you know, the service or anything. You don't really know what they do, but you suddenly you know the name. You know, and you you have an idea that well they they don't they don't take themselves too seriously. Maybe I'm going to dig into who they are. Um, that kind of starts to you know plants the seed of trust. You know, and, and eventually, hopefully, that leads into you know um, someone who's going to uh, utilize that brand for a long time, um, which is the other potent element of video. Um, if you grab somebody and if you suddenly start earning their trust um, through these visuals, through this type of content. You can have that person not just for a year, but for decades. You know, there's a reason why Gillette is Gillette. You know, they built up this brand. You know, even before video, but they built it up, and they had those people for 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 apps for sometimes their whole lives. You know, uh, I remember when I was when I just turned 18, and this is because I lived in um, Massachusetts, and Gillette's based here. But um, when I turned 18, I automatically got a razor free in the mail. <laughs> they just sent it to you. And suddenly you had your first razor from Gillette. Didn't come from your dad, came from Gillette. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I don't even know how to use this right now, but cool, I have a free, I have a free razor. Um, that, that brand loyalty lasted, quite frankly, until my late 20s. It wasn't until things like Dollar Shave Club or Harry's kind of showed up that I even thought I had a choice. You know, I, I suddenly decided, oh, I, can, I don't have to keep buying you know, the new Gillette razor anymore, and I can, I can move on. Um, so I broke up with Gillette and I moved on and I'm, I'm, I'm on to, I'm on to other things. Um, but that's kind of how I see, how I see, I mean, and it's very basic, you know, explain something or you build trust. And, and more often than not, I am interested in the trust building ones because that's where, that's where creative can live a little bit more. And that's where you can kind of, that's where you take some chances, some informed chances. Um, but those are the ones that really grab my attention. And I think it's important, actually, that we, we sort of say that, you know, yes, the, the videos that we've talked about there, they are more B2C, you know, they're for, they're for us to go and buy for our, you know, everyday essentials as a razor may or may not be for, for men in, in this century. But um, the same principle still works for B2B. And I think a lot of B2B marketers are, are, are still struggling to see that. Um, they they want it to you know that you you said before essentially a B two B marketer wants uh, you know their job is to to put out a marketing campaign that will then get a return on their investment for the person that they that pays them to do their job. Um, but at the end of the day, we are still all human, regardless of who we're selling to. Yes, we might be selling our business to another business, but hang on, there's still a person at the top of that business that you're actually targeting. Um, and so, therefore, you you still, I think, need to use the same similar tactics that are used in B two C in order for you to actually get um, a customer base. 
and as you say, get a, build up a trust and awareness of your brand. Um, you know, you're not talking to a computer when you're you're trying to sell your 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 B two B product. You're you're talking to other human beings, and I think that's kind of forgotten that sometimes in B two B. And it it has that that fear factor back back into it too, because suddenly you you have to you you you're you're talking to a human, and you have to be able to uh, to, to empathize with them and relate to them. Um, but you're also trying to say, hey, we can help you. We have this software. We have this whatever it might be. And marrying those two ideas um, can be difficult, is difficult, uh, which I think is why so many B2B um, uh, uh, brands slash companies, you know, run away from this, or maybe they're not willing to kind of take that, that step toward it. Um, if you think about it in general terms, I mean, consider, consider a bank, you know, if a bank or even, you know, even a, a software company and they're trying to engage a new element, a, a new sector of the market. Um, and they want to be more engaging. They want to be more, well, not exactly Dollar Shave Club, but they want that kind of idea where it's it's not just, you know, you're buttoned up and, and you know, the corporate sort of feel. It's something that's more engaging and casual and so on. Um, razors can do it. Razors are easy. Razors are the people understand, already understand what that is. If you're a software company and you have to start the conversation by explaining what you do, you know, it's it's almost as if like you're on a date and you're trying to say, well, first of all, I'm this and I need 10 minutes to kind of explain to you exactly what this is. Um, people aren't going to people aren't going to stay. They're not going to listen. Um, they're not going to be able to kind of feel engaged on that date during the video, whatever it might be. That's that's the challenge. That's the uphill challenge with um with the, with with these B2B videos is that it can be difficult to get that that point across, um, I think. And this is. The, the idea I'm about to say actually came from a webinar that I saw um, that I listened to, sorry, a couple of weeks ago from um, Animus Studios. But they talked about um, in the webinar, they talked about um, the idea of how much do I get out of this video for, for $50,000? What am I getting? Because a lot of people going back to the deliverable will think, well, I'm paying all this much money for one video. You know, what is this? Why am I paying this much for this one thing? And the webinar made an excellent point. Um, and I've actually used this point on client calls now in internal meetings and so on. It's not just video. And in fact, we're all likely selling or pitching video the wrong way. People typically will create a comp- content strategy and they'll have an idea or they'll have purpose. And then suddenly they'll have, they'll add the video at the end. You know, the video is going to have an explainer thing, or it's going to be about, it's going to be about this, or it'll be a testimonial and it'll, it'll, it'll support everything else, um, which is fine. But that might not be the most engaging use of video in that in that example. It should start from the beginning. Video should be the first thing. And the reason why is because video takes longer and you need to really dig in to a couple of things. One, who, who you are, what your brand message is, why this matters. And the reason for that is once you answer all those questions, and those questions cannot be answered in a 20 or 30 minute phone call, but once you answer them, all of those answers trickle down to everything else you do. It sets the tone. It sets the anchor for your entire campaign strategy. Um, suddenly, everything is in sync. Your design, your editorial, social, all because you figured it all out with your first video deliverable, and every, everything is consistent. That idea, so the idea that video should be the first thing, is the cornerstone, is the middle of your strategy, um, isn't something people jump, in, jump into. When you consider how people do content marketing now, 
it's about what's what's the first thing I'm going to get. The first thing you can get easily is editorial. You know, going back to the idea of who's involved and how fast the turnaround is. What should be happening? It should be video. But we live in a society where you can press a button and a pizza shows up. Um, the, the 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 patience, <laughs> you know, involved with getting something can be can be difficult. Um, so, which is why I mean, ideally, you want people to start with video. But um, again, going back to where we are in terms of people understanding how this works and how how quickly things can show up uh, may not may not be possible. So, in in this time last year in. February 2018, your colleague Jeff wrote uh, an article for Brafton.com titled Why You Need to Make 2018 All About Video. Um, we're now a, a year on from that. Um, do you think the year the year that followed that article panned out the way that it was expected? I want to say yes and no. A lot of it based on what I just said regarding video being the, the, corner, the, the, the centerpiece of a strategy. Um, people are always interested in video. You know, they always they always want to see it on their site. They want to be involved with it. They want they want to be able to kind of send it around and um, and say, hey, this is check this out and, and so on. Um, the reason why some didn't goes back to um, price, lack of understanding of how um, of how this will work within the strategy, um, knowing they want video, but not knowing what type. And, and that can go as far back as not knowing if they want an on location video versus an animation versus versus studio. So I will say that I, I think interest probably did spike. More people asked about it, more people talked about it. And then when they dig into it, and until they have that idea, not not everyone who had interest moved forward. Um, so it was all about video, I guess, in the sense of conversation. Let's just say that people talked about it a lot. Um, whether or not they made the leap, um, I, don't, I don't think a lot of them did because of... Um, because of the ideas, because of the story maybe they wanted to tell, and they didn't know how to do it with video. Um, one of um, and a videographer we, we had at Brafton, um, her name was Zoe. She once told me that, you know, we, we can do anything. Video can do anything for you guys. We just, we just need a story. We just need to know what to shoot, how to shoot, and, how, and, and when, what to capture, because we're not doing that. That's not part of our job. Our job is to get everything that you that that we might need, you know, to be able to tell tell that story. But if they don't start there, if they don't have the idea of what the story is, then they're they're just shooting blindly in the dark, um, sometimes literally, and um, trying to capture enough footage so that later on we can craft it into some sort of story that has a chance of making sense. Um, that has stuck with me throughout the years, and I think um, and I think that's why I keep hearkening on the fact that. We always need this. We need the creative first. You need the idea first, so that um, it can lead. It can lead everything on. So um, I don't. I'm just to be clear. I'm not saying Jeff was wrong. Jeff was absolutely right about saying 2018 needs to be all about video. Um, but talking now in, fe in, in February 2019, um, I do think the conversations were great last year. I, I think the way it has to be positioned for people, for clients, for new, for for companies to uh, to buy in to go forward with video. I think that's something um, uh, we all we all need to look at. So, what do you think is going to happen for twenty nineteen with video? Then, Francis, do you, do you think it might take that next step? I I, I have the hope. Um, hopefully, through podcasts like this. Hopefully, through me talking more about it internally uh, at Brafton. I think um, I think having having more of the market understand more about video. I I do have the hope that it will. 
again, I, I think we are also getting distracted by the um, uh, uh, by by the by the rise of uh, VR and AR. There's all these new elements of video that are coming. The different things you can do um, uh, within within video um, that are always going to distract from the from the main idea that we still need that story. We still need that anchor to kind of uh, uh, be be able to 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 to, to work. Um, so I have the hope. Um, I, I do think that I do, I do see companies, um, coming to the conversation with more of an understanding with more of maybe even in, in some cases saying, no, I know exactly the type of video I want. It's gotta be this, it's gotta make me feel like this and, and so on. Um, so I'll say I'll have the hope. And I think, I think the biggest trick is that if, um, if somehow the ideas and the understanding rise up and, if there's a creative way to maybe help out with not only the price, but being able to kind of do something somewhat prepackaged, I don't want to say completely templated, but you know, there, there is an element about the, uh, the timing of, uh, of everything and, and how long some things can take. Um, that being said, there's a reason, you know, you don't, you don't want to rush a master. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to throw something in a microwave where it should really be in the oven. Um, the, uh, the, there is a reason that things, that things take time. Um, but I will say that I, I think we're getting closer to that, that point where the ideas and how it's produced and, um, and delivered is, uh, is, is getting closer to where it should be. My thanks to Francis Marr of Brafton. You can listen to Francis on the Above the Fold podcast on Apple Podcasts and Brafton.com. We'll be back next week with more on video marketing, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us so you don't miss out. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Tech Demand Weekly.